It's uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, the story of Jonah. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We're taking four weeks to go through this crazy story of man on the run. Welcome all of our campuses. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm pastor here. I just want to welcome you. I want to welcome you if you're watching online because I, I, I'm just reminded this week how important that online thing is, whether you can't get here or you're far away or whatever. We're really glad to have you here worshiping with us, being a part of us as well. Um, this, this story in the Bible, Jonah getting swallowed by a big fish, most of you know it. Most of you have heard it at some point along the way. It's, it's a little hard to believe, right? I mean, it really is. I love the story of the little girl who was talking to her teacher about whales one day. And the teacher had been teaching about whales and how, you know, whales. Um, she said, you know I, know, I know you kids have heard the story of Pinocchio, but it's really physically impossible for a whale to get its mouth open big enough to swallow a person. And the little girl raised her hand. She said, but what about Jonah? Jonah was swallowed by the whale. And, and the teacher was like, yeah, well, you know, that, that couldn't have really been possible because he couldn't open his mouth big enough to swallow a person. And she said, but the Bible said that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And the teacher was like, yeah, I know, but it's just really not possible. And the little girl finally said, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah. <laughs> the teacher was a little, in, you know, a little indignant at this point. She said, well, what if Jonah's not in heaven? And the little girl said, well, then you can ask him. That's, that's not nice, little girl. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's imperative to your salvation that you believe this story actually happened, okay? Make it an allegory if you want. It doesn't matter. I, uh, by the way, the Bible doesn't say it was a whale because this is the Mediterranean, okay? It, was, it says it was a big fish. I, think, I don't know if that makes it easier or, or harder, okay? Either way, it's a good story, okay? I do believe it. Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So that's, you know, that tells me that Jesus wasn't thinking that was an allegory. He was saying, like, literally, I'm going to be three days and three nights. That was a whole Jonah typology thing that was going on in there. Um, but, but, but the point is, um, if you don't believe that God is a God of miracles, I don't know why you're here. I mean, if, if, if God couldn't make a fish that was big enough to swallow Jonah... How do I think he's going to resurrect my, my, my soul and take it to heaven someday? I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes together for me. But it doesn't matter. The fact that we are all gathered here together today is a testament to the fact that we are all in, in, in admission of the fact that we need help one way or another. People who think they have everything figured out, they don't need help. They don't have any reason to be at church today, okay? Uh, the, the truth is, even if you think that's you, there must be something inside of you that thinks, okay, I, I need God out there. I, I need, there there's got to be something out there. There's an admission that I don't have everything figured out. And that's the club. Welcome to the club. Neither do I. I don't have everything figured out either. Here's what I do know that we can take away from the story of Jonah. Every one of us have something in common with Jonah because we have all attempted to run from God at some point in our lives. What you've probably discovered, hopefully you've already discovered by now, is that what we, Pastor Todd talked about last week, you, can't run, you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. Hopefully you, you're, you're back around and you figured that out, but, but that's the truth. And the way that it happens usually is for most of us, it's like uh, I'm running from God is, is, is this. I grew up as a fill-in-the-blank, whatever kind of religious thing, okay? 80% of you grew up Catholic, 
right? That's what we know. I grew up Catholic. I grew up Baptist or grew up Reformed, whatever it is, okay? And my parents had me baptized, and I was confirmed later or whatever. And then I got into high school and college, and I started thinking, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I'm out of here. This isn't, this isn't really my thing. It wasn't a conscious decision, but one way or another, you, you and God just became kind of farther and farther away. You weren't really running from him, but at some point you got farther and farther separated away from him. Then, for some of us, for most of us probably that are listening to this right now, something happened, good or bad, and you came back to God. You hadn't gone that far away, and you came back. Good in the fact of like maybe you had kids and you were like, I want to I wanna pass my faith on to my kids and I guess I need to figure this out, right? I mean, that, that's important. That's why we're doing VBS next week. I want to invite you to get involved in that, get signed up, get your kids as a part of that. I was just thinking this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ship my kids in from California and Nashville, my grandkids in from California and Nashville in a few years when they're old enough to do this VBS because it is that good of a thing. You want to do that. And that's a good thing. I'm like, I'm coming back to God. Or maybe, unfortunately, something bad happened in your life, and you're like, i got to quit running from God. That's, that's the story of Jonah. i got to quit running from God because I need to come back to this, okay? Great, all right? That's, that's fantastic. Then again, maybe your running from God was not a general running from God at all. Maybe it's just been a specific running from God in one area. Where you say, okay, God, I need you to stay out of this area, okay? Like maybe it's who I'm going to date. Andy Stanley says this. I love this. God, I'm running from you right now in this one area because this guy that I like, he's not a Christian, but he's really, really cute. So just stay out of this area, okay? And besides, God, you know it's easier for someone to become a Christian than to become really, really cute. So stay out of this area, God, right? All right? Relationally, I'm running from God. Or maybe relationally, in your marriage, you're running from God. Not running from God in everything, but just in your marriage. Right now, you're like, oh, I went out of my marriage because I, I think I found the right person. I finally met the right person, and I want to go be with the right person and not the wrong person anymore. And you know God is saying, excuse me, you're delusional if you think there's a right person. And besides that, I want you to stay in this. You made a commitment. I want you to stay in this. This is going to be good. Help me with you see this through. Or, or maybe it's business, okay? Maybe, maybe you're running your business in a way that you're like, God, I'm going to follow you and everything else, but you just got to stay out of, out of this because I'm doing this in a way that you probably are telling me right now I shouldn't be running. I mean, just, just a specific area. I mean, we do this, and I, I mean we. I still run from God, not all the way, but I still run from God in certain specific areas in my life. And we're all hypocrites when it comes to this, okay? Because I want to pray, God, protect my children, protect my home, my family. Please bless me in in all these other ways, but don't mess with me in this one area, right? Because in this one area of my life, I'm running like Forrest Gump, right? I'm like, I don't remember why, but I'm just running everywhere I go. Let me just, let's just be honest, okay? Anybody that's listening to me, all of our campuses, anybody in this room, anybody online, if you're over the age of 10 and you don't think you've ever run from God in any area of your life? Will you raise your hand over the age of 10? Uh, I can't see you online, but um, if you got your hand up, you're a liar. Because there's nobody here, nobody, any of our campuses got there over the age of 10 because we all know this. I'm just trying to put us all in the same place, okay? And this is important because when you understand that, you understand that you have decided to attend Jonah Christian Church today here, Okay? 
We have all run from God. We all run from God. What we know is we can run from God. We can't outrun God. And that's what brings us all back together. Your story goes all the way back to 760 B.C. Let me, let me back it up for those of you that didn't get to hear. Pastor Todd did a great job starting this thing last week. Uh, Jonah is a prophet from God, okay? And God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach to these people. And please don't let this get lost on you because in the next two weeks, we're going to see Jonah in a not real positive light. Jonah's prayer is today. We're going to talk about how Jonah's like, okay, I'm sorry, God, I'm going to come back to you. But he doesn't get really a lot better over the next two weeks. That's why I love this story so much because Jonah's so honest about it. And he doesn't want to, it's just not like, God, I don't want to go to Nineveh because, you know, I don't want to go to Baltimore. I just don't like Baltimore. I don't want, their airport's not very good. I don't want to go there. It's not that. It's that he hates these people. He absolutely wants God to to blow these people up. And, And before you get judgy on Jonah, these are horrible people. Really horrible people. I know your thoughts go immediately to Green Bay, but I'm talking like really horrible people. These are brutal enemies. When God says go to Nineveh, these are the brutal enemies of God. They are the enemies of everyone. If I started to tell you the things that they did to their enemies, I mean, it would mess up National Ice Cream Day for you in a huge, big way, I'm telling you, okay? The things they did to their enemies would make ISIS look mild, I'm telling you that. And that should not be lost on us today either because scholars believe that Nineveh is the modern city of Mosul which is a major ISIL stronghold today. So I'm just going to tell you, before you get judgy on Jonah in any of this, if God called me right now and said, Tim, I want you to go plant a church in Mosul, I might run the other way too. So Jonah jumps on a ship, heads the wrong direction. Um, he gets on board. There's a big storm. This is all last week's story. Big storm. Um, but as soon as he gets on, he... He goes under the, uh, under the deck and uh, under the boat and falls asleep, which I find fascinating. Apparently, running from God makes you tired. Anybody get an amen out of that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is exhausting when you're running from God, right? So he gets on this boat. He's running from God. He goes to sleep. Meanwhile, topside, everything's getting out of hand. God brings a storm so fierce that even the seasoned fishermen are afraid. They start crying out. I love to start crying out to any God that they could think of, right? I mean, this is important because of Jonah's prayer today. They literally start calling out to their God and like, hey, God number one, God number two, all you guys, you know, could you save us? And and our former campus pastor, Brian Hunt, who's out in California now doing a great job, he sent me some stuff he preached on Jonah recently. And and, and when he got to that point, he said, I just envision the sailors are like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights, you know? (laughs) Save me, Buddha. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Tom Cruise. Save me, Oprah. Just reaching out for anybody. And I read that, and I was like, I'm so proud of you, Pastor Brian. I've taught you so well because any pastor that I mentor has to have a deep heart for people that are far from God and a good working knowledge of all the best guy movies ever, right? They got to know Talladega Nights, Gladiator, Braveheart, Christmas Vacation. They got to know that stuff or or they they don't get to pass the test. So the sailors are praying to everyone, right? Everybody they can. And they say, Jonah, why don't you pray? Now, this is why this is so cool to me, okay? And so important for us as we are learning this. They say, Jonah, why don't you pray? And Jonah says, no. I'm not going to pray because I already know the answer. 
I'm the reason that this storm is going on, right? Because I'm running from God right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm running from God. And I know I'm the reason. So if you guys don't want to die, you better throw me overboard. That's it. And so finally they do, and he's swallowed by a giant fish, okay? That's, that's last week, chapter 1. And what we learned from it, uh, three things. We run to odd and unsafe places when we run. I mean, really, seriously, you're running from God, you're going to get on a boat. How smart is that, right? The second thing is that once we run from God, life begins to unravel. It's, it's, it's really, it, everything just doesn't go well because God's way is the right way. You understand that? And three, God gets involved in our lives not to pay us back but to bring us back. That's so important. We'll talk more about that today. So Jonah chapter 2, which we'll read all together, it's only 10 verses, is Jonah praying from inside the fish, okay? If you just took like pieces of this out and you were reading it, you were like, oh, this is a nice prayer. Remember, he's inside a fish. Here we go, Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Well, evidently, there's, there's been like this, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, God save me, prayer, as he's on his way down. And the fish is actually the answer to his prayer. I don't think he prayed for a fish, he just prayed, Lord save me. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths into the very heart of the seas, into the cur- and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. And the engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed to the the Lord God, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. What do we learn from chapter 2? First thing I want you to get out of this, and probably the most important thing I want you to get out of this, is it's never too late to pray. It's never too late to pray, right? From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, okay? No kidding. I mean, if you're you're writing in your Bible and you've got your Bible there, you've got a pen, you should just write a little smiley face right there, right? Or a little LOL or something right there. Because because obviously, he's inside the fish. What else is he going to do? And the truth of the matter is, usually people pray when it's the only thing they can do right? U.S. Airways flight that crashed on the Hudson River that, that solely, you know, rescued that great movie and the great story of how he landed that plane. One of the flight attendants I was reading was interviewed and she said, as we realized what was going to happen, it became very, very quiet and it seemed like most people were praying. Duh! Of course they're praying. I bet they were praying. Of course they were praying. It doesn't matter who they are praying. Save me, Tom Cruise. Save me, Oprah. Please. Anybody, right? Because everybody prays when they are in trouble. Even the pagans call out to God. They find a God somehow, one way or the other. They say there are no atheists in foxholes, right? 
So here's the important thing you know to understand. It's never too late to pray. Look at this. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Does, does that make any sense? Why would God answer Jonah if Jonah has been running from God? How, how does that make any sense? Here's what makes sense. I want to make sure that you realize it would have been way better for Jonah if he would have prayed at the port before he decided to get on the ship in the first place. It would have been way better for Jonah if he had prayed before he went below deck to take his nap. It would have been way better for Jonah if he would have prayed before they threw him in the water. I mean, for crying out loud, he knew that God had sent this storm. Why doesn't he just pray there and say, okay, God, I'm going to go back? No, he waited until it was his last resort. And I wish that we wouldn't do that. You have to decide. Do you want to pray before or after Shamu shows up? You've got to decide that. Jonah waited. It's up to you. But here's what's so important about that. From the deep in the realm of the dead, this is verse 2, I called for help and you listened to my cry. He would have listened to your cry at any point along the way, and he's still going to listen to your cry at the very last minute if you bother praying. You would think this is too late. If I'm God, this is too late. I told you to go this way, and you went that way. No, I'm not listening to you now. Because I have this view of God as human, right? I have this view of God as like me. Like if my kid's been disobeying and disobeying and disobeying and disobeying, and they come to me and they say, hey, Dad, you know, uh, can, I, can I do this? I'm sorry, whatever. I'm like, no, you can't. You had your chance. But that's not who God is. He's the good, good father. We have this warped view that thinks that if we're good, God listens to us, and if we're bad, God ignores us. But that's not true. Yeah, there's a storm. We'll unpack that. Yeah, there, there's discipline. We'll unpack that. But it doesn't matter what you've done or what you're doing. It, it doesn't matter if you've been a follower of Jesus all your life. It doesn't matter if you are currently an ISIS terrorist. God loves you. God hears you. doesn't mean he's going to answer the way that you want. But the truth is the matter the truth of the matter is, none of us deserve for God to hear us, but he always does. That's the miracle. The miracle of prayer is not that I talk, it's that God listens. And from the very beginning of this book, God is listening to the prayers of runners. This book is full of runners. Whether they're running to him or away from him, he always listens. He may not answer the way we want, but it's, it's never too late to pray, Okay? So the second thing is God often orchestrates the circumstances that will stop us from running. You hurled me, Jonah said, thanks for that, into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Just be clear on this. It was not the sailors who hurled Jonah into the deep. It was actually God. God orchestrated these events and circumstances so that Jonah needed to be in the sea where the waves were sweeping over him. And if Jonah was here today, Jonah would say, you know what? God had to do this to get my attention. Has God ever done that to you? Do something to do your, get your attention? I'm not saying I have to always process this. I'm not saying that if you're in a storm right now, it's been sent by God to bring you home, okay? 
Sometimes storms happen. The world is broken. There are evil things in the world. There are evil people in the world. There are diseases. There are all kinds of storms. But every once in a while, if you're in a storm and it just doesn't make any sense as to why you're in a storm, I don't think it's a bad idea to say, God, is there something I should be paying attention to here? Because if you're running from God, he will orchestrate tough circumstances, not to pay you back, but to bring you back. John Ortberg said it this way, God is redeeming God, redeeming is what God is into. He is the finder of directionally challenged sheep, the searcher of missing coins, the embracer of foolish prodigal children. God's favorite department is lost and found. But if you are lost, he will do things to help bring you back. Look at verse 8. Those who cling, he, Jonah says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. We talk about this all the time, but for us, an idol is anything that we put in front of God. Anything. Number one is mammon. Number one is money, right? That's what Jesus talked about. The Bible talks about more than anything else. The God of money, we put it in front of God, and we run to that instead of God. And sometimes God will mess that up. He will orchestrate circumstances so that we realize that we need to follow him. And I want to congratulate those of you that have been dealing with this for the past couple of months and you've taken the tithe challenge and you're doing great and you're like, I'm going to trust God with this area of my life. Because those worthless idols don't have to be something evil. It could be something in the middle. It could be something that's not good or bad that we put in front of God. Those who cling to them, those who cling to them, he said, forfeit the grace that could be theirs. I love that verse. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's your image, maybe it's sex, maybe it's an addiction. I don't know what it is. The Bible says that they followed those worthless idols and they be, themselves became worthless. Because when you run from God and you run to something else, it's always running away from what God's best plan is for you and he designed you. And so you become worthless that's not where you want to be, and God, as your father, doesn't want that to happen. So sometimes he orchestrates circumstances so that you will turn around or you will want to turn around and come home. And here's the third part of that. Sometimes those circumstances are not fun. Sometimes those circumstances are not fun. Discipline is not fun. The engulfing waters threatened me, Jonah said in his prayer. The deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains. I sank down to the earth. The earth beneath barred me in forever. Let me ask you, how long do you think it took Jonah to turn back to God in the belly of a fish? Do you think it was like there for a couple of days thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I going to follow God or stay here in this fish? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it took about three seconds, Right? Okay, you rescued me. Somehow I'm alive in a fish. I'm coming back to you. I want to tell you that when, when discipline, real discipline happens in my life, I'm usually pretty quick to turn around. Aren't you? I mean, when I was a kid and I disobeyed, my dad would spank me. Okay? You can think what you want to think about spanking. My dad doesn't care what you think. Okay? <laughs> Neither did my gym teacher in Oklahoma. We got swats if we didn't do things right. It, 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 you know, and that's just our way. Some of you grew up Catholic. You had nuns with rulers. You know what I'm talking about, okay? 
Somehow, somebody told the, the generation of our parents' generation that you shouldn't spank kids with your hands because that would make them associate the spanking with you, so you should use something else to spank them with, and they would associate the discipline with that object and not you. I'm no psychologist, but that's a bunch of baloney, okay? I can tell you I didn't really care what I got spanked with. I just didn't want to get spanked, amen? All right? So my mom had a little paddle. She called the Board of Education, you know, um, <laughs> hanging on the wall. My dad, uh, uh, you get the impression that maybe I'm familiar with this process a little bit. My dad did not need to go looking for something to spank me with. Do you know why? Because he wore it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right here, kept his pants up, right? He had the belt of education. There is nothing more terrifying to a kid from my generation as the sound that a belt makes when you pull it out really fast. Am I right? <laughs> Creeping you out right now, aren't I? Sometimes at night when I get undressed, I pull it out too fast and I, got, I get the all over again, right? Just the sound of the belt coming out brought instant repentance to my soul. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. It wasn't me. It was my sister. Whatever I can do to get out of it, right? And I think there are better ways of doing discipline, honestly, today. But the point of correction is that my, my dad didn't pull out his belt. My mom didn't spank me. Gym teacher, I'm not so sure about. But those my people that loved me. They did it because they wanted me to be better. It was for my good. It was not in anger. It was not because they, they reached the end of their rope. It was because they wanted me to be a better person. The Bible says, our earthly fathers trained us for a few brief years, doing the best for us that they knew how. But God's correction is always right and always for our best good so that we may share in his holiness. Being punished isn't enjoyable while it's happening. It hurts. But afterwards, we can see the result, and it's a quiet growth in grace and character. Remember, God is not correcting you to pay you back. He's trying to bring you back. So, so, so the truth of the matter is it's never too late to pray. But don't forget that sometimes God orchestrates circumstances to bring us back, and sometimes those, those circumstances are not fun. But it all comes to the fact that he wants to bring you back home. And God's grace is guaranteed. No matter how down you feel, God's grace will always be able to reach out to you. I mean, how much more apropos could that be than Jonah, who's literally in the depths of the sea inside a fish, right? I mean, from, if you think about it, from the moment Jonah decided to run from God, his life went downhill. We talked about that last week. Life begins to unravel, but it literally went down. You don't know this, but Joppa was literally where he got on the ship, was down from where he was. It was down there. Then he went down to the boat. Then he went down in the boat to go to sleep. Then he got thrown out, and he went down into the sea, down into a fish. Jonah's life has been going down ever since he decided to run from God. Because when you turn your back on God, the only direction you can go is down. But God's grace will always be there to pick you back up. What saved Jonah? Looking up to God's promises. Jonah has run. He's in the belly of a fish. And what, he's, what does he say? I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again up. Okay? I will look again towards your holy temple. 
In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm banished, I'm far away, I've run, and you've disciplined me, and you put me in this place, but I am going to turn around, and I'm going to look up to your holy temple. When King Solomon dedicated the temple, here's what he said. He said, it says this, then the people realized their sin, Lord, and when they pray towards this temple, it was a whole part of the whole system, and they hear, hear from heaven, please, and forgive and answer all who have made an honest confession, for you know each heart. That's what the temple represented for them. And, of course, the temple today is Jesus. It's God, period. But, but that was it. In the New Testament, it is this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What am I saying? All you got to do is look up. All you, it doesn't matter how far down you are. If you're this far down, you look up. If you're this far down, you look up. If you're this far down, you look up. That's it. And Jonah somehow, even though he was obviously being corrected by God, even though obviously he had run from God, he still believes somewhere, some small sliver in his heart that if he prayed, God would hear him, that it's never too late to pray. And I want to tell you, no matter what situation you are in today, you can still call out to God, and he will still offer you grace, and he will still rescue you. I love what Max Lucado says. If there were a 1,000 steps between you and God, God would take 999 of them and leave the last step to you. One little turnaround, one little look, and God says, welcome home. Verse 9, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Amen. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then chapter 3, verse 1. Steal a little bit. Pastor Todd's going to unpack this next week. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is an incredible picture. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Right? You know, here's, here's why this is important. Because I think a lot of times we feel like, well, when I, you know, when I run from God, I've kind of forfeited the ability to be used by him. I mean, I get grace, and I know I can always come back to him, and I can always turn back, and he will always love me and accept me, and he will always be back home. But we're like the, the prodigal son, if you know the prodigal son's story. He's like, I know my dad's going to take me back as a servant, so I'll come back to you, and I'll be a servant you know, but I know I could never really fully be a son. But if you know Jesus' story, Jesus says, no, 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 you're not going to be a servant. You're still my son. I, kill the fatted calf, bring the robe, bring the ring. We're making this happen. Jonah turns to God, and God immediately says, here you go. And Jonah's got to be looking at God going, God, how can I go preach? I mean, I've been inside of a fish for three days. I don't, I, don't, I don't smell so good. My hair is like sticking up. It's all bleached white from the stomach acid of this, you know. I mean, think about it. This guy would have looked like Don King, those of you who remember that guy. I mean, it would have been crazy, crazy, right? And besides that, I said no to you when I ran and, and you threw me in the ocean. You can't be happy with me. But God not only wants to welcome you back into the family, he wants to use you. And many of you know those things that have happened in your past are usually things that God is able to, to use in a way that actually will help a lot of other people who were also runners. That's the beauty of the equation. God's grace is always greater than my mistakes. 
I love this story in so many ways. And one of the things I realized when I first started studying it was most scholars believe Jonah, act, this is autobiographical, that Jonah actually wrote this story. And it's going to be important because it doesn't reconcile itself in the next two weeks very well. Jonah comes back and does what he's supposed to do, but he's still not happy about it. He's still got a bad attitude. And he, he still doesn't show himself in a very good light. That's why I love that he wrote it, because obviously he showed it, he got it, and he wants us to learn from the situation that he's had running from God. And he wants us to learn so that it doesn't happen to us. So it takes us all back to where we started. It's never too late to pray. I want you to know we have people at all of our campuses at prayer tables ready to pray with you. After the service is over, there's tables around all over the place, and we want to pray with you. We want to help you in any way we can. And I just want to lead you in a prayer right now, and then we're going to spend some time in worship. Lord, it's never too late to pray, so let's start at the bottom. So people listening to me right now, they're, they're like 20,000 leagues under the sea. They're way, 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 way down there and swallowed by fish. They've been running from you, and they just don't believe that they should even turn and look at your holy temple. They don't even believe that they should turn and look at you because they don't deserve it. And will you help them to understand that you love them and you still want to not only welcome them home, but you want to welcome them home as a full son and you want to use them, not just a servant, not just another person that's in the kingdom, but you still want to use them. And be with us as we unpack that in the next couple of weeks. And, and Lord, maybe some of us were asleep on the boat. We know we're running from God, but, but there's not been a correction thing happen yet. And, and we're just asleep on the boat. Well, I pray that you'll wake us up sooner than later. And I pray that we'll pray now in the bottom of the boat instead of waiting until we're all the way in the sea and life gets further. Some of us are on the shore getting ready to get on the boat and we've turned from you. Many of us are not necessarily running away, but there's this area of our life that we just haven't turned over to you. And we know what that is right now. Lord, it's never too late for us to pray. And it's never too early for us to pray. Don't let us get so far away. Convict us in our hearts and our souls right now of what it is we need to turn around and come back to you in what area. And if it's our entire life and we're that last person who thinks they should be here, Lord, please help them to know. Please reach into their souls right now and let them know that they are never going to be able to outrun you. They can run from you, but they can never outrun you because that is who you are. Be with us now as we worship. In Jesus' name we pray.